Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, hey, everybody. Bless you. Hope you're doing well. Glenn Blakeney here. Welcome to the webinar on Possessing Prophetic Promises. Would love for you guys just to go ahead and type in the chat. Let me know where you are watching from. Uh, Really look forward to the webinar tonight. I really believe you're going to enjoy this. You're going to be blessed by it. It's going to be an awesome time in the kingdom. So, yeah, just go ahead, type in the uh, chat where you are watching from, please. Let us know. Wow, here we go. Awesome, everybody. Bless you. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, cool. So I see different people here that I recognize. Some of you I don't recognize, but bless you. Thank you so much for being part of this webinar. Blessings from Brisbane. Hey, Naomi. Naomi, Naomi, Nancy. Good to see you again. Uh, Just did a live with Nancy. Uh, That was awesome. Joe, blessings. Corey, Pamela, Sigrid, Christina, John, Dr. John Burpee, Wendy, Arredondo. Guys, more comments below. Yeah, awesome. Michael, Lizanne, awesome. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me know where you're watching from. Where are you in this big world? Let me know where you're watching from. We are going to jump right in here. We're going to get going in just a second. We've had a lot of people register for this webinar. Of course, not everyone's going to be part of the live, but we definitely uh, are glad you guys are on with us. We're going to be talking about possessing prophetic promises. I really believe there's a real challenge um, facing the church right now in regards to really just validating the prophetic, really coming to a place where we are really have vetted the prophetic, we're holding people responsible, and we are doing what the scripture says, that we are not uh, discarding the prophetic, we're not despising it, but we're also testing. You know, that again, that's a scripture that we, we know in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it talks all about that. It's very, very important. Don't despise prophecy, but Don't just accept everything you hear without there being some sort of uh, vetting process as well. Very, very important. So, hey, guys, again, just let me know where you are watching from. Gas, Quebec, Canada, blessings. I was just in Quebec, Jacques. I was in Montreal, literally just got back a few days ago. Um, Thank you. Blessings. Blessings. Let me know where you're watching from, please. Sebring, Florida, blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone uh, overseas? Little Elm. Where is that? Is that a country? Little Elm? I, I'm. <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, but seriously, let me know where you are watching from in this big world that we live in. Anyone from Africa? Anyone from Asia watching? Please let me know. Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the United States. Yeah, Central America, I see. South America, anyone? Let us know, guys. Blessings. All right, so, hey, we are going to be talking about how to possess prophetic promises. 
and we're going to dive right in. And I just want to mention to you that I want to encourage you to stay to the end of the webinar because we have something very special for you. I'm going to be giving something away that I think you'll be interested in and uh, giving some information I believe is going to be of great value to you. And you're going to really um, be excited about, about this. I believe that. Okay. Thank you. Um, so let's look at Proverbs 13 verse 12. We know that scripture very well. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Another translation says, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed, but a wish comes true fills you with joy, but a wish that comes true fills you with joy. Now, let me just share with you right from the outset that some of the things that I'm going to be um, just kind of unpacking will definitely be challenging. And the reason being is because it's the truth. And and I'm not just going to tell you, well, you know, you just got to believe, you just got to wait and it'll come to pass. No, um, there's there's so much more to it than that. In fact, we're going to be really just scrutinizing some of the prophetic um, just expressions that are coming forth in terms of comparing it to the Bible and really the role of the prophetic, the role of the prophet in the New Testament, guys, because we really want to make sure that you are rooted and grounded in the truth and you're not uh, going to experience this whole thing with hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, I was with an international leader recently in the body of Christ. I mean, this guy has influence in so many nations. He's very apostolic. And we were having lunch together, and he made this statement. He said, you know, we're at a point where we really got to be very careful about the prophetic words that we're releasing because there's so many people that have just kind of said, you know what? I don't need any more prophetic words. I've had so many prophetic words spoken over my life and and people said this is god and it's never happened it's never come to pass and and in fact i'm just waiting and 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 i've waited for years even and i've just come to the point now where i'm just like i just don't want any more and really this leader that i was with was to me it seemed like he was advocating that we just you know, forget about the prophetic when it comes to personal words being spoken over people's lives regarding their destiny and their purpose. Now, I will not say that is the course of action we should take because I don't believe it is. But I want to chime in and just say that there is clearly a responsibility that prophetic people have. And not every word that comes forth is from God. Obviously, um, there can be messages that that people bring forth that really come from the enemy. We've seen that happen. I'm sure you have, too. But a lot of it is just well-meaning people who are really just trying to encourage us. And for some reason in this day and age, especially of social media, um, we can post a Bible verse and few people will like it. That's great. But if you say, hey, here's a prophetic word, and you post that, just by calling in a prophetic word, you're going to have a lot more people that will respond. 
and, and like it and comment and so on. Now, isn't that a sad reality? Because the scripture clearly is prophetic. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So all scripture is inspired of God. It's the word of God. It's the, it's the um, very voice of God being released. So that kind of gives you an idea of where we're at. And guys, when it comes to releasing the word of the Lord, my personal opinion is that today we have to be very, very careful. If you want to encourage someone, just encourage them. Hey, you know what? I just want to share with you a scripture that really has meant a lot to me. I've been, I've gone through this situation or I've been praying and, you know, I just feel like the Lord just, you know, revealed this to me about the season that we're in, whatever it may be. Blessings from Waterloo, Ontario. Thank you for joining in as well. Palm Beach, Florida. Blessings. Tampa, Florida. Blessings. Great men, Kansas. Thank you so much, guys. So, Let's just be very careful about that, okay? So hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, the prophet, the, the apostolic leader I'm referring to basically said that he knows many people that just don't want to hear prophetic words anymore. And, you know, there's, there's a level of caution that needs to be there. People really need to have relational equity with you. Very few people will I allow to speak into my life. Um, they really need to have relational equity with me. And, and, you know, somebody say, well, God just gives a word. You just release the word. Well, is that really the way, you know, the Bible is, is very clear about making sure that we don't reject prophecy, the words that are come from God for sure. But there's also a sense in which you should really try to build relational equity with someone. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that always works. That's always the case. There may be a time where God just gives you something. You need to share it. I've, God has used me that way many times, like as I minister in different places. But when we're building relationships with people, and we're going to speak something that might be correctional or directional. Those two things. We really need to be careful and we build relational equity, I think is a great prerequisite for that, guys. Okay. Just saying, all right. Again, this isn't necessarily a hard, fast rule that always applies, but I'm just saying it's it's important to do that. All right. Scripture is clear that all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ, right? We know 2 Corinthians 1.20. I'm going to read it from the NIV. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. That's a little different than maybe what you're used to reading from a different translation. But let me just kind of break that down. What is he saying? He's saying, first of all, all of God's promises, okay, are yes in Christ. In other words, God saying, yes, green light, these promises are for you. And our response is to give the amen, which means let it be. But more than that, it actually means we come into harmony. We come into agreement with God regarding that word. And when we come into agreement, that's when we see powerful things happen when we come into agreement. So very, very important that we get this right. So no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. All right. So how many promises has God made to you? Go ahead and type in the chat. Do you have 
uh, three promises that you're believing God to bring to pass, five promises, uh, one promise. <laughs> Go ahead, just give me an idea. How about more than five? Give me a thumbs up right now. More than five promises you're believing that you know and you really believe strongly God has given you the and that he's given that to you. Okay, more than five. Awesome. Go ahead. More than five. Okay, go ahead. More than five. Okay. All right. So less than five, go ahead and just type in at least four. There you go. At least four promises. Okay, you're believing God for. Okay, second question. How many of you have been believing for a prophetic word or promise from the Lord to come to pass for more than one year? Just give me a yes or a thumbs up. Okay. Then, yes, 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 yes. Lots of yeses. Okay. All right. How about you've been believing for a prophetic word to come to pass for more than five years? Type the number five. Just type the number five. Okay. Five. Awesome. Awesome blessings. Thank you. Okay. All right, guys. How many of you have been believing for a prophetic word to come to pass for more than 10 years? Type the number 10. Please go ahead and type the number 10. Wow. Wow. A lot of you. A lot of you guys. Awesome. Okay. All right. You ready? More than 15. And we'll stop there. Type the number 15. You've been believing for a prophetic word more than 15 years. Wow. A lot of you guys. Blessings. Okay. Still, yeah. Still many of you. Many of you. Well, bless you for not giving up. Bless you that you even remember that God has given you prophetic words or promises it's been more than 15 years okay now obviously god speaks to us different ways he speaks to us through the gifts he speaks to us and you know audibly at times still small voice of the lord through the scripture there's so many different ways that he speaks to us and and that's very important that we recognize the the diversity of how he communicates but let's remember that the bible is a book of promises you know, someone actually stated that there's more than 30,000 promises in the Bible, but that cannot be true since uh, there's actually 31,173 verses in the Bible, okay? But how many Bible, uh, how many promises are there in the scripture? All right. So I found an article on the internet. Actually, check this out. Time Magazine, December 24th, 1956. Okay. Uh, December 24th, Time Magazine, 1956. You can actually Google this and you'll find it. Okay. Everett R. Storms. Okay. He was a school teacher in Canada. Okay. He did a detailed study of God's promises. And he actually lives, by the way, uh, in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. I was just there a week ago. And he said that the figure of 30,000 promises is definitely way too high. But during his 27th reading of the Bible, which took him a year and a half to read the Bible 27 times, okay, he came up with a grand total of 8,810 promises in the Bible. 8,810. 7,487 of those promises were made by God for us. Wow. So ever 7,000, he says, 487 promises God made for us. They're promises directly from God 
for his people. Isn't that powerful? All right. So there's a lot of promises in the scripture. Do you believe the promises of God? Jesus said, all things are possible for those who believe. Do you believe the promises of God? Go ahead and let me know. Type in the chat. All right. Listen to these scriptures. Jesus speaking. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, verse 13. Whatsoever. Wow, isn't that powerful? Whatsoever you do, you ask in my name, he says. Okay. Very, very powerful. All right. So this is an incredible thing that, that Jesus has promised us. Now, here's another verse, two verses, actually. John 16, 23 through 24. Here's what he said. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. He will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So there's the heart of the Father, guys. He wants you to experience his promises. Jesus is very clear about this. All right. When Solomon dedicated the temple, he prayed, and this is one of the things he stated. It's very, very profound in 1 Kings 8.56. He says, praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. So just as he promised. Then listen to this. Solomon says this, not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. Isn't that incredible? Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 3 that the prophet Samuel, that not one of his words fell to the ground. So it's an incredible uh, thing that we can actually see the promises of God come to pass. Now, I want to share something with you regarding my journey. And I think my journey is probably quite common, but it may be even kind of harder than and more difficult in some ways than, than what a lot of people have gone through. But, you know, I grew up in a family where my mom came to know the Lord when I was a child. There was no Christians in our family. She was powerfully impacted by the gospel, came to know the Lord, was baptized with the Holy Spirit, took me as a child to different charismatic meetings, saw some awesome things happen, was healed. God did incredible things. Uh, but I really had no discipleship back in that day. There was not a lot of discipleship going on. So it took me, like maybe some of you guys, quite a while to really grow spiritually. And, and I think today... We have the opportunity and the privilege today, if you come into the kingdom, to grow, in my opinion, a lot more quickly than other people maybe have had. Now, why do I say that? Okay. First of all, don't get me wrong. We all need to be taught by the Holy Spirit. And the things that I learned and I have learned predominantly have been directly from the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. There have been people that have influenced my life, but by and large, the way I've learned these things have been by the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. 
That's very, very important. We all need that. But I think if I had been, I had a few people in my life that were really close to the Lord and really wanted to pour into me, it could have helped me to grow faster, to learn some things, maybe not necessarily to go through the school of hard knocks. <laughs> Sometimes the school of hard knocks is overrated and we should find ourselves a mentor as well. But hey, it all depends with the, on our um, willingness to, to be teachable and, and to surrender the Lord as well, because I did struggle, especially in my early years with surrendering to God. And so it took me a while to learn certain things. But hey, it's part of uh, reformers too. They plow the ground. Um, they break things open, even in terms of revelation and new things, so that the next generation can walk in that as well. And I've had the privilege to be part of doing that over the years. God wants you, and I just want to be very clear about this, to experience all of his promises in your life, okay? He's paid a high price through the blood of his son for you to walk in the fullness of the benefits of your salvation. Psalm 103, verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, that word benefits literally means what you deserve, your just dessert, so to speak. That's what it literally means. So God wants you to experience the benefits of your salvation. This is what you deserve, not because of your own righteousness, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross for you. So, but you deserve it. It's your right as a child of God that you would experience all of his promises in your life. So be convinced that that is true. Some people might say, well, I didn't do this right, or I haven't always been faithful to God. And sure, um, we get that. I get that. I've been there. But ultimately, you need to come to the place where you recognize that this is not contingent upon your perfection, but your subjection. And what I mean by that is your subjection is your yieldedness to the Lord. If you make mistakes, if you struggle, um, then that's fine. Just really turn to God, trust in the Lord, grow, repent when you need to repent, do that kind of stuff, okay? And you will continue to see the hand of God upon your life, revelation increasing, God showing you his truth in his word, speaking to you directly, and uh, even indirectly through other people. And, and that's very, very important. He wants to do that. I've had, I think, legitimately over 100 prophetic words that I would say are really of God over the years. Okay. Now, how many people have spoken to me that I would say, mm, just nice, encouraging words? And there's been a few that have been not God at all. Um, but, you know, just people meaning, well, well, yeah, a lot more than 100, that's for sure. But let me just say this, that of all those prophetic words that I've received, let's just say 100, 100 prophetic words. I believe that those words, okay, many of them are similar. Many of them are kind of the same message, just worded a little bit differently. But those messages, those words are so important. God wanted me to hear those things, okay? Often, they confirm something that I was already sensing the Lord was saying to me, okay? Now, let me also say this. Some of the prophetic words, the gist of it, like the overall message was of God, but some of the others, there was stuff added onto it 
that was, you know, just a little bit, um, (laughs) it it was more peripheral stuff. Okay. But the core of it, I I think was God. And sometimes that's what happens is, is man mixes in a bit of his own. Um, So his own opinion, his own thoughts and that has, have you ever experienced that before? Let me know. Just go ahead, type in the chat. Uh, you received a word and you go, yeah, like, I really believe that was God. But I also feel that um, there there were some things that were stated. I just don't know if that was really the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. Many times. All right. Okay. So you don't throw the whole thing out, right? You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But again, we do what it says in First Thessalonians 5. We don't despise prophecy, okay, but we test it. We hold fast to what is good, and then we avoid the appearance of evil, okay? So that means basically, hey, what is of God and what is genuine? Hang on to that. The rest, just throw it out, reject it. And that's important too, guys. It's very important that you reject something that's not of God. And that's why I said earlier how I'm cautious about um, the people that I allow to speak into my life, because I've had people, and I'm sure you have as well, speak something over me that ended up, it was just like, there was a spirit behind that that wasn't good. And and it just caused me to second guess myself and, and even just for a short period of time. And then I had to say, no, 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 that's not the Holy Spirit. It's causing confusion. It's causing distraction and and it's it's really causing me to even feel bad about myself and like what was this about you know and and i just don't feel like what is that about and then you start like well what does this mean and when did this happen and how is this going to happen and it kind of distracts you and and then you get off track right from what god has called you to do so it's really important that you make sure that anybody speaks something over you that you're just like, that wasn't God. That's weird. That's just kind of strange. And you just sense it. You discern it, right? It's not of God. Just get rid of it. Throw it out. Break that thing off. Even have somebody pray with you to break that off of your life. Because the enemy will sometimes use that to try to, you know, obviously cause um, division or what's the word, confusion in your life. Have you ever had that happen to you? Um, yeah, let me know. Have you ever had that happen where somebody spoke a word over you and it just kind of created chaos and confusion in your mind and just something in your spirit? There just wasn't peace over it. Yeah, go ahead. And yeah, let, let me know, please. Let everybody else know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yes, and prayer canceled it often. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Good. Okay. So let's talk about the fact that there are many people who, like you, it is really yucky, uh, who, like you, just have been waiting um, for God to bring to pass these promises in your life. Some of you have been years, but it's just like it just hasn't come to pass, all right? So we know that God wants to bring his promises to pass in our lives. God uh, is very clear in his word that he wants us to experience all his blessings, but I think there's two things that we have to really come to grips with. Two things, okay? First of all, number one, we have to really make sure that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, okay? The scripture says, Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. 2 Corinthians 2.11, 
in the New Living Translation. And that word in Greek is noemi, noemi, and it literally is translated in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, bringing into captivity every thought. Okay, so the same word for schemes or, you know, the devil's strategies, um, that, that word is translated bringing captive every thought. So to the obedience of Christ, that's what we need to do. But ultimately, the enemy wants to provide to you an easier way or an alternative plan in order to entice you to forsake your present course. Okay, guys, he is a master distractor. He wants to get you off track. And it's critical during such time that you have discernment, that you wait on the Lord, that you pray, and you don't go the direction that he wants you to go. You need to stay close to the Father, especially if you're going through a time where you're really vulnerable, like you you need to make a decision, like you, you're in a bad place between a, a, a proverbial rock and a hard place, like what do I do? You know, I, I need money. I, I, I'm lonely, whatever it may be. And then you end up doing something. You take a position. You, you uh, get involved in a relationship. You make a decision that was not really um, ba- built on, on knowing the word of God and, and the word that God had for you in your time. So absolutely, very, very important. Okay, so the second thing is to know God's ways. Conversely, know God's ways. In Psalm 103, verse 7, that says that you made known your ways to Moses, your acts to the children of Israel. They, um, the word for ways is the Hebrew word derach. And derach is literally a word that means a roadway or a pathway. It, it's, it's God has a pattern. God has a way that he works and he operates. He's the God of strategy. He's the God of organization. And we can learn his ways. We can learn like, and so we read in the, in the Bible repeatedly, like, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your ways, help me to know the way that I'm to go and all this type of thing. People crying out to the Lord. So we have to understand that. Okay. So you may have a promise from God, But that promise often requires knowing the ways of the Lord. In other words, there is a process involved, okay? Now, let's talk about this for a moment, because this is where a lot of people really kind of get stalled. They get stuck, okay? Now, you have a promise. God speaks to you, and I'm talking about legitimately, all right? Not not something that's not of the Lord or you're unsure, but this is clearly the Lord. And so you are at a place where you're kind of like, okay, what do I do with this? And you, you pray, but you also say, okay, I'm waiting on the Lord. And you're waiting and you're just kind of sitting there and, and you're just like, God knows. And in the perfect time, he'll bring it to pass and so on. But you fail to recognize that there is a process that you must engage in. Okay. So for every problem you have, and there are many problems we all face, many challenges, difficulties, trials in life. Remember Paul said in, in Acts that he went around <laughs> exhorting or encouraging the church through much tribulation, you must enter the kingdom of God. So there's going to be a lot of challenges, but ultimately 
for every problem you face, God has so many promises. You know, I mean, it's amazing when you look at it. Like, I feel tired. I don't feel like I hear from God anymore. I'm, I don't have direction. I, I don't have clarity. I, you know, I'm discouraged. And then look at all the scriptures that address that. Look at all the promises in God's word. And then the Holy Spirit speaks to you directly, or he ministers to you, and he encourages you and just infuses life because the words Jesus spoke, the rhema he spoke, it were spirit and life is what it says. So, so it imparts spirit and it, it imparts life to you and it ministers to you. Okay, so there is a preparation process that is clearly a prerequisite for possessing the promise. And this is where we're going to go for the rest of this session. Okay, let's look at, first of all, um, some specific reasons why the promises don't come to pass. Okay, again, presupposing that the promise, the prophetic word is really from God. Number one, um, clearly, well, let me let me take that back. Let, let's actually say, what if it wasn't from God, okay? <laughs> All right, so the word wasn't from God. All right. Uh, yep, it wasn't from God, but you don't know that. You're like, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Well, but you, you kind of like are hanging everything on that. You've got like so much, all your eggs in that basket, so to speak. And you're just like, man, is that of God or not? And, and you're like, yeah, I'm hoping it is, right? And then turns out nothing happens. It doesn't come to pass. Like I've had people tell me crazy things, very specific things, and it never happened. It never came to pass years ago. And you know what? To be very honest, I really didn't pay much attention to it. I moved on quickly. But how do you respond to that? Well, hey, you know what? There it is. If it's of God, then, you know, he'll confirm it. He'll bring it to pass. If it just doesn't resonate with your spirit, if it doesn't bear witness to you, uh, clearly if God's speaking to you something contrary, then you really need to look at that closely because ultimately if God's telling you one thing, and that's being confirmed even through others and in other ways, then, yeah, just reject that. Okay. So the foundation is faulty, all right? The word is not from God. Guys, it's okay to say that. I wasn't from God. I don't believe that person was speaking from God. I believe they were, like Jeremiah the prophet said, prophesying from their own imaginations, prophesying from their soul and not their spirit. They mean well. But ultimately, it's not from the Spirit of God. It's from their soul, okay? Now, this is something that we have to really recognize and understand. All right, secondly, why isn't the promise coming to pass? Because maybe our heart isn't right with God. Maybe our heart isn't right with God. Our motives are wrong. Remember James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3? What is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have. Wow. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Now, listen to me. <laughs> that happens today, not necessarily literally where people kill one another in the church, but in the sense that we try to destroy other people's ministries, we speak against them, we try to basically discredit them, and 
so that other people, you know, toxic people, um, if, if they can't manipulate you and discredit you directly, then they'll try to discredit you, um, you know, and get to you through others, right? They'll poison other people's minds. So all of this type of thing happens, okay? Then he says this, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. All right, sometimes that's true. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. All right, let's talk about that for a moment. A lot of people, a lot of people have want God to prosper them, to promote them, to do whatever. And in reality, the fact of the matter is, guys, they really have an agenda to build up their own kingdom, to promote themselves. Okay. I've met people throughout the years. I've been in ministry for a long time who like, God, why aren't you blessing my ministry? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And in reality, it's, it's about them. It's not about the Lordship of Jesus Christ, even in the world. Like I've talked to people in the world, in the business realm. And when I say the world, like a lot of these people are followers of Jesus, but they're like, they're not seeking, they're, they're wealthy people, they're influential people, but they're not seeking after that, okay? In fact, when they teach and train others, it's not about, well, I want to become wealthy so I can be rich and have a nice life. I mean, there, it's like, I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to influence others. I want to meet needs. I want to be able to serve people. And, and if that's your motive is you want to do something to really help people, to advance the kingdom of God, to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, clearly, then guys, that's okay. That's okay. And welcome uh, from Wellington, New Zealand. Bless you. Thank you so much, Dorothy, for being with us. Thank you. Hey, Don, good to see you as well. Yeah. And guys, um, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you want to help other people. Okay. Jesus said, in Matthew 6, that we don't seek the stuff, okay? The pagans seek after the stuff. But what happens is he says, you seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the stuff will be given to you, the things that you need. So really, really important. Okay, so the foundation is faulty in that our heart motive is wrong, okay? And then, of course, the timing is off, okay? Sometimes we we just kind of, we're not seeing it come to pass and we're believing for something to happen now and God's saying it's not time. It's not time. And that can go back to the preparation process. God wants to prepare you. He has a work to do in you before he can release you, before he can promote you, before he can bring the promise to pass in your life. Listen to this scripture. Isaiah 48, verse 3. This is the new living. Long ago, I told you what was going to happen. Then suddenly I took action and all my predictions came true. So God says, long ago, I prophesied. I told you what was going to happen. And then suddenly I took action and all of these prophetic promises or words came to pass. Wow. (laughs) But it was a long time ago, but then suddenly it came to pass. Have you ever been there? I've honestly been there, guys, many times, but I'm in a season right now where I'm seeing and have seen and experiencing many of the promises that God spoke over my life years ago come to pass. Doors opening, provision, um, functioning in the role that I'm functioning in now, apostolically, and that type of role, fathering, building, 
the kingdom, networking people, serving, all of that stuff, nations, all of that, uh, those were, things were prophesied over me years ago by Lynn and I, you know, when we were like in our 30s and people didn't know who we were. And these were great and our great ministers of the gospel. Some of them have, have been promoted to glory. But guys, there's a timing issue here where God says the set time has come. We're in the fullness of time. Jesus came. There's a timing issue. We have to wait as well. So the timing, it, we have to make sure that that things are correct. Okay, sometimes it's not for us. It's for the next generation. When God gives a specific word, you know, it might be something you've been believing for, but really it's for your posterity. It's for your kids or your grandchildren. Like I, God has spoken to me very clearly certain things, and I'm kind of wondering about that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? That really may not be fully manifest in my lifetime, but it will be in my kids. And I can begin to even see how it's happening in my kids. I can begin to see how it's happening in the lives of others that we're, we're um, helping, you know, mentor, teach, and so on, that type of thing. So there's a scripture uh, in Hebrews eleven thirteen. It says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. So listen to me. When you die still believing what God promised you, that's a good thing, okay? Don't think that's failure because it didn't happen, um, you know, in my time, in my lifetime. No, no, no. All of these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Okay, so God had made promise for their generations, right? For Israel in particular, this is talking about. So guys, what do we do when it just, we're not sure if something is, is from God or not? What we end up doing is we actually test the prophecy, okay? And we, we just like, God is this of you. We need confirmation. One of the sponsors of the Kingdom Community Show is Audible. And we have a special offer for you guys. Just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash kingdom community and sign up for your free 30-day subscription to Audible. Download any audiobook you want. And even if you don't continue with the subscription after the 30 days, the audiobook is yours to keep. Again, that website address is audibletrial.com forward slash kingdom community. Second reason, okay, not as just because the f foundation might be faulty, but are you ready for this? The fierceness of the foe. Listen to this. The fierceness of the foe. What does this mean? If God has called you to do something, you will almost certainly encounter a significant amount of resistance from the enemy. That's a reality, and that must be confronted and defeated. Okay, and that's the key, guys. We are called to defeat the enemy and overcome. So humble yourselves before God. What? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee to you. When the enemy comes against you, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, this is the NIV, for we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Satan blocked our way. I wanted to come to you again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Satan kept throwing up roadblocks, even though Paul had an intention. Now, listen to this. The word that is translated blocked or some 
uh, English versions say hindered is the Greek word ekopto. Ekopto means to throw up a roadblock. It can be used of a, a road that was so broken down, so many potholes. It's in such need of re- repair that you couldn't tra- you're not able to travel down that road. In Galatians 5, Paul's talking about runners in a race, and he talks about someone cutting in on you and disqualifying you so you're not able to finish your race, and that's the same Greek word, ekopto. So if you're running a race and someone kind of cuts in on you, knocks you to the ground, and stops you or hinders you from finishing your race, that's what the devil's about to do. He's, he's a major um, advocate of, of trying to hinder your harvest, block your blessing, delay your destiny. He may not be able to stop you completely, but he's going to do his best to block you or at least hinder you. So there's spiritual resistance, and we have to deal with that. We have to contend with that. Think about Daniel 10, of course. Daniel's praying, and he he was heard from God. He set his face to pray. He was fasting. God heard him. But the enemy was hindering him, right? And then, of course, we know that there was uh, angelic um, intervention that took place in order to bring the promise to him. All right, lastly, our the fortitude of our faith. What I mean by that is really the frailty of our faith. We give up easily. We grow weary in well-doing. We just kind of get discouraged. We Listen, some people don't know what to do. They don't have a roadmap to follow. They don't know um, what they're supposed to do. They have this promise, but it's like, how do I get started? What do I do? Um, I've been waiting on God, and nothing's happened. It's been five years, so what do I do? Like, good question, right? So let me just say, first of all, there's a huge difference between waiting for God and waiting on God. And in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord, right? Now, the word wait literally means to bind together by twisting. It's like taking rope, and when you braid it, when you, when you bind it together, when you weave it, so to speak, then it becomes like one. That's what the word means. So waiting on God actually means you're serving God, you're worshiping God, you're praying, you're drawing closer to the Lord, that type of thing. And, and so it's very, very important that, that we understand that. We don't give up. But we also seek God for revelation and wisdom, what to do, um, and, and God will show us. And, but there's also a need at times for people that can help you, people that can really just disciple you, mentor you, maybe speak prophetically into you, just give you a sense of, of direction like, and, and how to do that, how to, do, to help lead you along the way that you need to go. All right. Let's talk about non-negotiable phases that you're going to have to travel through in order to inherit God's promises. Okay. First of all, you have the promise. You want the promise. You want to see it fulfilled, right? Okay. So what has to happen? Listen, every one of us is going to go through all three of these things. Okay. It's, it's part of the plan of God for your life. All right. Now, if you miss out on one of these elements, if you fail to engage in all three of what I'm about to share, you you may not see the promise come to pass. Wow. You may not see the promise come to pass. Listen, do you just think that promises automatically come to pass? No, they don't. There's a contending 
for the promises to come to pass. One of my favorite scriptures when it comes to promises, and, and look, there's so many in, in the book of Hebrews, right? But in Hebrews 11, he's talking about those who've been through difficulty, who've um, experienced hardship, and they persevered, and they were commended. You know, some people call this the Hebrews Hall of Faith. And uh, as you continue to read, it says down here in verse 33 of Hebrews 11, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. Some translations say obtained promises. They obtained promises. So through faith, they obtained promises. They received what God had promised them. There's so many examples in the scripture, right, of that. All right. I'm going to get into a couple of things here now that I think is going to help you. But let me warn you that some of you may not be willing to do this. You may not be willing to do this. Okay. And as a result, you may not see the full um, manifestation of God's promises come to pass in your life. Okay. I know that's strong. But uh, this is very important. Okay. First of all, no, there's no expiry date on the promises of God. But we do need faith and perseverance, right? Hebrews 10, 36. This is a powerful verse of Scripture. Hebrews 10, 36, the NIV says this. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So you need to persevere. In what? Doing the will of God, all right? And after you've done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. But here's the interesting thing. Sometimes we don't know fully when we've done the word of God. In other words, the will of God. We don't know, like, okay, I've been active, I've been doing certain things, uh, but ultimately there comes a point where God says enough is enough, you've, you've passed the test, you, you're ready, you've been faithful, and boom, you've done my will, and it comes to pass. It happens. I've seen that. Let me give you an example. We, my wife and I, when we were living in Australia, we met this couple. Really cool story. So we get invited by this lady. We had just moved to Australia. God told us to move there. We really didn't fully understand what we were going to be doing, but we did it. How many remember that? And uh, those of you know, know our journey. So we get there, and then this lady invites us to go have dinner with her. So we have dinner with her, and then she invites us over to her home. She says, I want to show you my house. So we pull into the driveway, and we see this house, huge house, big house. And she's telling us, hey, guys, this house is not where I live. This is a house that is like a guest house, but I use it for ministry and so on. I have ministry events here. And she ended up saying to us, you guys can move in here and stay here for free of charge. It was like a 10-bedroom, 12-bedroom house. Thing was huge. So we move in there, and we had just literally come from North America, and so we're just there in, in um, Australia. And we meet this couple who happened to be staying at the house. And they're, they're just them, their family, but we move in this other area, like huge house. So there's like a different wing altogether. And the first time we see them, I saw this man and I, in the spirit, I saw him painting, okay? And like doing carpentry work and painting. 
but I had no idea who he was, what he did for a living. He didn't have paint on him. In fact, he had, he was clean and, and everything. So, but I said to him, the Lord wants you to know that he's going to give you the desires of your heart and you're going to do what you were trained to do. Uh, this is a season and God is going to use it though during this season and he's going to use it to strengthen you, to develop you and so on. And I said, I see you have been painting. And he ended up like he's totally blown away because he literally just had come back from working all day painting somewhere, doing those kind of jobs like a handyman. But in actuality, he's an engineer, some type of engineer. So what ends up happening is we hang out with these guys. We become friends with them like two years, maybe longer than two years they are believing God for this word to come to pass. Nothing happens, guys. In fact, things get worse, and they end up technically being homeless. Now, they end up doing, like, house sitting. They're watching people's homes as people are gone away. So they maybe go somewhere for a month, two months, three months, even two weeks, a week at a time. But they don't have their own home. They really are not in a good place at all. And... But they're attending the church where we were the pastors at this church. And so one Sunday morning during worship, over two years later, I hear the Holy Spirit speak and say, tell them the time has come. I'm going to establish them. No more wandering. He's going to prosper them. They're going to have everything they have need of. And the end is over. And they're coming out of the wilderness. And now is the time. I spoke that word publicly in the service, declared that, and then they looked, they were weeping, they were crying. Uh, the next Sunday, we saw them, and so I was asking them, how are you guys doing? And they said, oh, nothing's happened yet. Nothing has come to pass. You know, things are still really difficult. And so I just said to them, that's okay. It's only been a week. <laughs> God's going to do something here. And what ends up taking place, guys, before the following Sunday, for two weeks later, the husband gets a phone call by a company and offers him an incredible job, pays for their move, gets them set up. They have a new house they're living in, beautiful home, high-paying job. Everything goes well. In fact, they even got their citizenship in Australia. Everything went through very quickly. And God had totally blessed them, guys. And I'm telling you, when the promise of God is released and the set time comes, God will do what he says. But sometimes there is a process that we got to go through. And that process means pursuing the promise. These guys never gave up on the promise of God. They believed God was going to do it. They doubted at times. They got discouraged at times. That's natural and that's normal. But they believed that God was going to bring it to pass. Now, do you realize that actually um, believing for the promises of God is, is like going to battle? It's warfare, okay? So Paul actually talks about that in 1 Timothy 118, where he talks about waging the good warfare by the prophetic promises. Now, that term warfare that he uses there is a Greek word, which is stratea, which literally means a military expedition. In other words, it's not just a single battle, but it's a series or of campaigns, guys. 
And so often you may not win every battle, but you, you will win the war if you hold fast to God's word, if you hold fast to the promises, and God will help you to overcome. First Kings 18, remember Elijah. He hears the, the word of the Lord. God wants to send rain, but what does he do? He prays, right, until it comes to pass. So very, very important. Ezra 8.23 uh, they had the promise that God was going to establish them in Jerusalem again. So here's what it says, Ezra 8, 23. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Talking about the journey they would take. So God heard them and heard their prayer. Now listen, Ezekiel 36, 37. God has spoken, and he said, hey, I'm going to bless you guys. I'm going to establish you in your homeland. I'm going to multiply you. You're going to be fruitful. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Then in verse 37, he says of Ezekiel 36, and I will allow the house of Israel to inquire of me to do this for them. In other words, guys, now that I've revealed to you my intentions, you got to pray. You got to seek me. You've got to bring it to pass through your prayers. Now, this is the part where many people don't go far enough. We pray maybe like, what if Elijah prayed four times, five times? He would not have experienced the fullness of what God wanted for his life. Now, listen, Elijah had just seen the power of God. He called down fire, but God wanted to send rain as well. We might have had breakthroughs to a certain level, but God wants to give us more And it's going to be through a deeper place of consecration, a deeper place of prayer, even with fasting, that we're going to see the breakthrough. Let me share with you an amazing passage of Scripture. It's found in Judges 20. In Judges 20, what had happened was there was this terrible atrocity that took place. There was a Levite who was, his concubine had been raped and murdered by the Benjamites. Remember the story? This is, again, in Judges chapter 20. And what ends up happening is when he finds her dead, he ends up, he cuts up her body into pieces. I know, it's terrible. And then he he shows everybody, you know, what had taken place. And then the Israelites decide that they would make warfare from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south uh, against the Benjamites. So, they assemble together to make warfare against the Benjamites because the Benjamites would not give them, you know, these, these wicked men so that they could deal with them, but they were sheltering them and protecting them. So what happens is Israel, before the battle, before they attack the Benjamites, in verse 18 of Judges 20, inquires of God, which tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin? The Lord answers, Judah is to go first. So the Israelites leave early. They advance toward Gibeah to attack the men of Benjamin. But Benjamin's warriors who were defending the town came out and killed 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. So look, they prayed. They asked God for direction. Who should go first? They went to battle. And what takes place is 22,000 of their men were killed. Then verse 22, but the Israelites encouraged each other and took their positions again at the same place they had fought the previous day. Then listen to verse 23, for they had gone up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord until evening. They'd asked the Lord, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again? And the Lord had said, go out and fight against them. 
So the Lord answers them and says, yes, go and fight the Benjamites. So the next day they went out again to fight against the men of Benjamin. But the men of Benjamin killed another 18,000 Israelites of whom were experienced with the sword. So valiant warriors. Guys, this is important that we really understand to uh, that, that there's a call here, okay? So twice now, they heard from the Lord, they responded to the Lord, but they still don't have the victory. All right. Then listen to this. Verse 26. Then all the Israelites went up to Bethel. Now listen to this. They wept in the presence of the Lord and fasted until evening. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. The Israelites went up seeking direction from the Lord in the days of the Ark of the Covenant. God was in Bethel and Phinehas and son of Eliezer, the grandson of uh, Aaron, was the priest. The Israelites asked the Lord, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again or should we stop? The Lord said, go. Tomorrow I will hand them over to you. The rest of the story is the Israelites attack and they finally prevail. Now, guys. What was different from the first two times, the last time, the third time, okay? It says that they wept till the evening, but they also fasted. It also says that they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Burnt offerings speaks of total surrender, yieldedness to God, because it's the only offering that was completely consumed on the altar. Peace offerings speaks of surrender, of, of repentance, and, and so on. So, guys... What happens is now they're broken. Now they're fasting. They're surrendering completely to God. And and they're turning to God with all their heart. And this time God answers them clearly and says, go, you're going to win this time. It's the only difference. The only difference. Listen, remember in Jeremiah when the Lord spoke and he told them that after 70 years he would restore them, right? And then Daniel is praying about that, like, okay, God. And, and the Lord answers them. He says, you know, I know the promises I have for you, right? Like, so God's saying, I got great promises for you. Nothing wrong with the promise. But he says, promises to give you hope in a future, not to harm you, to prosper you. But then, he, then what he says is, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You will seek him and you will find him when you search for him with all of your heart. God wants to prepare you personally. God wants you to engage in the process and pursue the prophecy. God will bring his promises to pass in your life. But guys, there is a level of surrender, intercession, and brokenness that he wants to bring to the church, to the body of Christ again. This is not a quick panacea. God wants us to surrender. And even at times it involves fasting. God wants us to fast. It's biblical. Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Look, there's fasting. It's important. But it, you can fast and your heart not be in it, obviously, like the Pharisees. So God wants everything. God wants this complete surrender. Now, let me tell you that when we surrender to God, there is a sense in which we are preparing ourselves personally, okay? So the Bible talks about preparing the sacrifice. We are the sacrifice. Romans 12, verse 1, God 
says, offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Listen to these scriptures, Second Chronicles 27, 6. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord. Ezra 7, verse 10, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Ezra prepared his heart. Conversely, Rehoboam did not prosper. He was not blessed. The Bible says he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. So preparing your heart is so incredibly important. God is doing a deep work in the heart of his people. Guys, often we don't understand, but pride, self-dependence, you know, even trying to do God's will our way. (laughs) Abraham tried that, didn't he? He had the promise of God he would have a son, but he tried to do it his way with Hagar and Ishmael was born. There's so much more. Listen, God's will must be done God's way. We need to know the ways of the Lord. It's not just enough to know the will of the Lord. And that brings me to the last part, which is partner with the process. Partner with the process. Listen to me. What do you do when you're waiting? What do you do when you're praying? What do you do when you're contending? Partner with the process. Let God continue to work in you. Let him deal with your heart. Prepare yourself before him. Keep pursuing the promise, the prophetic promises. But partner with the process. What is God trying to do in this wilderness season, in this waiting time? Think about Elijah at the Brook Kara. Think about David when he was a shepherd boy out in the wilderness. Do you think he was just out there? No, there was something happening. Joseph partnered with the process. Think about this. He had the word of the Lord. He had the dreams, remember, when he was a youth, that God was going to use him. But here he is. He's in, the, he's in prison and and uh, he's in Potiphar's household. He's going through all these difficult things. But what does he do? He partners with the process. He embraces the process. It is what it is. I'm going through this. I'm going to allow God to use this for good outcome. God has a purpose for what I'm going through. Later on, when he stood before his brothers and he said, you guys meant this for evil, but God turned it around for good. God had a good intention in all that I went through. Okay. And it says in Psalm 105 that God sent Joseph ahead of the Israelites. (laughs) So even though it seemed that he was taken as a slave to Egypt, it was God who sent Joseph ahead. It was part of the preparation process. Psalm 105 verse 19 in the New Living says this, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God is a God who wants us to partner with the process. The more I come to that place where I understand there are things in me that just need to change. I need to surrender. I need to become more like Christ. I need to trust him more. I need to to get to know him more. I need to become one with him, one with him, spending time seeking him, trusting. So, so important, guys. So it's important that we partner with the process. No matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult it is, no matter like, I don't know what to do, pursue the promise. Don't give up, okay? Pursue the promise. Prepare your heart. Let God deal with your heart. Stay, stay sweet, stay pure, and, and partner with the process. If God has you in a, in, hidden in the wilderness somewhere right now, 
And I know this is hard for some people, especially if you're used to being uh, in a prominent position, especially, you know, if you feel like God's demoted you or removed you and set you aside for a season. Um, I know that can be very, very hard for us. But understand that if that's going on in your life, God has a purpose. So partner with the process. Think about COVID-19. For so many people, it was like a pause. And it was like, wow, God's just kind of put me in a place now where I'm, I'm just not doing much. And, and, and COVID-19 was a great opportunity for us to really allow God to do a work in us, a work of healing us, a work of renewing us, reviving us, giving us fresh vision, all of the things, even in terms of re-strategizing and, and just really um, understanding what it is he's saying to us in this season. Like so much of that. That's another topic. I've got a webinar coming up where, where I'm, we're going to be talking about transitioning into really the New Testament um, apostolic communities. That's coming up here in just a few days. We'll send that information to you guys. But partner with the process, okay? Let God work in you. Like if God has you in the background somewhere, if you feel like you're in the wilderness, serve him. Do what he's called you to do. Like Joseph, he served faithfully in prison. Okay, just be faithful. All right. So here, I'm going to ask you guys a question. So this isn't the quick fix. This isn't like just um, like God is going to bless you and everything's going to be fine. Guys, he wants to break us. Man, I've been through things, you know, even in the past couple of years and things that I thought was God's will. It didn't work out. It didn't happen. And some of it was very painful. But I've learned to surrender and trust the Lord. Wow, Robin, bless you. Good to see you. Um, and and just say, Lord, just take me. I wanna I wanna fulfill my calling, my purpose, my destiny. All those prophetic promises, you know, speaking to people, seeing miracles, seeing seeing you know influential people saved and transformed, and all of this stuff. I want to see that come to pass and. I know I need to cooperate with the Lord. There's, there's so much more that he wants to do in my life. And that place of prayer and intercession is so important, guys. Breaking through, like it says in, in uh, hey, Don, bless you. Good to see you too, my friend. Um, thank you. Okay, look, guys, let me close with this. Let me ask you a question, all right? And I would love for you to write this down. I think this will be very helpful to you, okay? The question is, if we were having a discussion after what you just heard tonight, we have a discussion three years from now, and you look back from this night to that time, what has had to happen? What has to have happened in your life, both personally and in terms of your professional or development as a leader, whatever it may be, for you to feel that you've made significant steps to fulfilling your destiny. Okay? That's a question. You, If you would like to answer that in the chat, feel free to do that. So here, here we go again. So here we are, okay? Three years later, you and I, we meet, and we're talking, and you go, hey, Glenn, you remember that night you did that webinar on um, possessing prophetic promises? And I go, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And you go, well, I was on that webinar. And then I look at you and I go, okay, so what happened 
in your life from them to now, both personally and professionally, meaning in terms of your calling and your destiny, for you to feel like, yeah, I've come a long way. I fulfilled, uh, I've made significant steps toward fulfilling my destiny. Okay. What needs to happen? Okay. Write that down. Yeah. Thank you, Naomi. Bless you. What needs to happen? Okay. You want to write this down for yourself. And okay. What needs to happen? What needs to happen? Okay. You may write down, need to write down several things. There might be five things, 10 things. I'm not sure. All right. Second question. Specifically, right now, what threatens this from happening? Okay. What, what is threatening this from happening in your life right now that needs to be eliminated? Okay. Secondly, what opportunities do you need to capture? And thirdly, what strengths need to be maximized, okay? So in order for you to move from where you are now to a place where you are seeing, like, I've made significant advancement toward fulfilling my destiny three years from now, okay? What has had to happen in your life? What needs to happen, okay? And then look at some things that are threatening that, like maybe it's self-sabotaging the threat of self-sabotaging that, okay? How do you deal with that? What do you need to do? Um, what opportunities do you need to kind of seize hold of right now? And what strengths can you maximize on? Write that down, guys. There you go. There's some great comments here. Thank you, guys. Go ahead. So what someone want to write down um, in the chat, what is a threat, something that's threatening you from fulfilling your destiny? Uh, that you just go, I got to deal with this. This thing's got to stop. This thing's got to go. Okay. Bless you. Bless you. This thing's got to go. Okay. Just type that in. Okay. This has got to go. All right. Bless you. Um, what opportunities? Yeah. Bless you. Lizanne. Thank you. What strengths need to be maximized? Okay. All right. And then one final thing. Okay, so you need finances. That's, that's important, okay? But how are you going to get there? How are you going to do that, okay? How are you going to get those finances? Okay, that's important. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something that can be helpful to you in just a moment to everyone. Okay, but let me just say this. A lot of times we shoot for, like, I want to... A hundred percent, right? I want to fulfill my destiny a hundred percent. And what happens when we do that is we typically fall short. And when we fall short, then what takes place is we get discouraged and we feel like we failed. I, we didn't hit the hundred percent mark. We didn't hit the bullseye, right? Okay. So guys, what if we don't shoot for a hundred percent? What if we shoot for 80%? and we just kind of go, this is what I want to do, and we shoot for 80%. All right. And, of course, once you hit 80%, you can always do better. But there's some cultures in particular where family members, parents, it's like you're a failure until you actually, you know, hit 100%. You, you, 
running on all eight cylinders. You're being, you're optimizing who you are, your calling, your purpose, your destiny, what you're capable of. Okay. How about we forget that and we just start shooting for 80%. Is that a good place to start? How do I get there? Okay. Well, I want to tell you that uh, in the kingdom community, we actually are launching a new process. It's called on track and it's essentially a mentoring process that can help you move from that place, wherever you are to where you need to be. Um, It's going to happen in small groups. It's going to happen in a couple of different ways. There's going to be an assessment that kind of shows where you're at to help you. And then we build a customized track to move you forward with goals, with, with uh, milestones and different things you need to do in terms of not only learning, but doing, because we really are big on um, information, but we've not been so good on, on actually actionizing things. We need to implement, we need to execute. So we want to help you guys with this saying, so we've been working quietly behind the scenes to do this. I've got some great, leaders that are going to be helping me some of the best around the world that are going to help you move forward we have a webinar coming up on the 9th of june i believe no i'm sorry i think it's the 8th of june absolutely free of charge with dave hodgson who is built an incredible um you know conglomeration of businesses he is uh involved in financing kingdom initiatives very successful man from Uh, the East Coast of Australia. He's going to be on a masterclass we're doing. It's actually going to be a Zoom meeting where you get to ask him questions as well. It's limited to 100 people. We're already around 45 people have signed up. If you're interested in that, you're welcome to be part of that. But if you want to move forward, you're just saying, you know, I really want to see my destiny fulfilled. I want to really move forward. I don't want to just read more information, take another course, watch another webinar, but you're actually going to be held accountable, but you end up getting to a place where you, you just don't, you're just not really moving forward. You don't have traction. Okay. Motion isn't necessarily momentum. You can be busy, but you're not moving forward. So, we are going to be offering this and here's how it works. You just go over to our website, kingdomcommunity.global and you will receive an email. Okay. Kingdomcommunity.global and click on um, basically learn how we, we can help you and then click on that, read about all the different things that we offer, what we offer, and then click on one of the membership levels. Okay. Membership levels, There's three different membership levels. They offer different um, levels of training to you, including free courses, um, masterminds, personal mentoring for some of them, and so on. So head over to there. If you support our ministry for $30 a month, there's something for you there. $50, there's more. $100, there's even more. And we'll give it to you guys. It's going to make a huge difference in your life. We've got incredible kingdom leaders, guys that are working with very successful people all over the world. Dave Balestri, others we're coming on are going to help us to move forward and to do this thing, to get it done, guys, to make a huge difference. 
So become a member. All of these resources are available. There's exclusive videos, teachings, there's mentoring, there's assessments, there's masterminds, there's courses, so many different things. Just head over to kingdomcommunity.global. Kingdomcommunity.global. Become a member today and uh, help yourself to move forward. Invest in yourself. Congratulations, those of you who are going to make this decision. You're going to, you won't regret it. It's going to really help you. This is my calling to help people move into this place where they fulfill their purpose in God's kingdom as part of a community as well. And then lastly, if you are actually um, a person that you've got a ministry, you've got a presence where you teach, you share things inspirational, you may want to check out the Kingdom Kingdom Community TV. So go to kingdomcommunity.tv. Thank you, Linda, for typing that web site kingdomcommunity.global kingdomcommunity.tv check out broadcast with us we are taking some new uh, broadcasters it's growing like crazy we're reaching people all over the world guys it's incredible what god is doing we're launching in different languages now as well and we're on roku amazon fire tv google tv apple tv we've got um apps for iphone android as well as the website you can go there and you can watch that um, please watch. Okay. There's lots of great stuff there. Download the apps. But even if that's not you, you're not like, Hey, that's not for me. I'm not a person who's going to broadcast or I'm, you know, guess what? That's fine. Totally good. But if you're interested, click on broadcast with us and we'll make sure that we follow up with you as well. So bless you guys. Um, just before we go, any questions, go ahead. I'll take a few questions. I said, I'd do that. I want to keep my word. Any questions? And then just check out again, kingdomcommunity.global. Be part of the mentoring sessions, the training, the masterminds, the master classes, the webinars, the courses. We've already got courses set up. You can take a course starting tonight. We've got a few of them online. Um, bless you. We're going to help you get there. We're going to help you. Like this webinar that I mentioned with Dave Hodgson, Dave has generated billions of dollars for the kingdom guys, billions. And his story is amazing. And he is going to be sharing some things with you that are going to really help you. So yeah, just go ahead, check out the website. Bless you. Thank you. How to truly surrender to God. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, have a great time. You're going to get the video email to you, the replay video. And then also, guys, uh, you'll get an email uh, showing you more information about the packages that we offer, kingdomcommunity.global. Have a great day. Bless you. Great night, wherever you are. Thank you so much for being part of this. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Appreciate you. We believe in you. And God has so much more. Thanks for joining us today at The Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about The Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.